last night, too. I didn't get to honor them last night, but we love y'all. And because of them, I have a beautiful, two beautiful little sisters, um, but one of them, well, actually both of them think they tell me what to do. They tell us what to do. My brother is here and his wife and his family. And my younger brother was here last night, my little sister, or my other little sister. So like I was saying, they both think they tell us, they tell us what to do. But I just want to say, and this time I'm going to introduce her, if you would stand to your feet, I actually tell her what to do. Her name is Alicia Ash. <laughs> if you can just give God a shout of praise. Come on, keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop. As the saying says, don't stop, get it, get it, keep going, keep going, keep going, give God praise. Tell him how good he is, how great he is. Tell him thank you for waking you up this morning, for giving you some activity of your limbs, for bringing you all the way here. Thank you, Jesus, for this moment, for this time to spend with you. We thank you, Jesus, and we honor you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When I, when I was writing here today with my, uh, my little sister, she was playing one of her, uh, one of her songs. She, she's, a, she's a rapper slash singer. So if you, want, if you want a little link to it, I got you at the church. But she had this song called Testimonies. And in it, she was talking about an accident that we had last, last summer. And I was thinking, I was just like, I should not be here today. Because what happened was, we were coming home from our friend's house, Malachi and Matthew. It was late, and I was working this summer, this summer camp job, and I was tired, but Alana wanted to hang out with Matthew, so I sacrificed, and I let her go. I, I drove her to, to their house to hang out. And of course, I'm friends with her sister as well, so that's why I went to. But, um, so we were hanging out and everything, and so we were there, it's probably like 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, and my brother Keenan. He, he showed up to the house. He was not supposed to be there, but he showed up, and he ended up riding home with us. And so I was already like a little bit tired and everything, and so by the time we got in the car, I was like, I can, I can make it. I can, I can get back home. I can get back home. It'll be okay. And so we live like 15 minutes away from their house. And so I was already like kind of, you know, falling asleep a little bit, but I was, I was still awake enough to drive, I thought. And so um, I got to the light on 31st Street by the fire station. If you know your streets, 31st Street is by Gibbs and all that stuff. But um, by the fire station, and the last thing I remember is that I was sitting at the light. And somehow I woke up, and we were already off the road. And we, had, we, ran, we, we drove through um, the, the street signs, we drove through the, the sign of the, of the building that was right there, and we ended up at the light pole. The power was out, it was puddles all around us, and, and as we were driving, before, before we hit the last thing, I woke up, I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and I was just, I was like, I, I was aware of what was going on, but I wasn't awake enough to, like, to really see everything. And so, um, so we, we got out the car. I'm like, I'm like, all I saw was smoke because the air, the airbags had, had, had went off. And I, I, I was like, get out the car. The, the car's on fire. The car's on fire. I didn't have any shoes. 
We just, we got out, we walked out. Keenan somehow got Alana, because Alana was sleeping in the back seat. Keenan somehow got Alana out the car. And as we were driving, of course, I mean, as we were walking down the street, because all the, all the power was out, we were walking down the street, and, and Keenan was like, well, my arm's broke. <laughs> his arm wasn't broke. He actually had a, he, he had a big, like, gash on his eye. His head actually almost went through the windshield. And so, and also another miracle is, is that, when, as I said, I got out the car, it was, the lights were down, the, the power, the power lines were all down and everything. I didn't have any shoes on, but somehow I managed to walk around the power lines. And so, I was, as I said, it was dark and everything, and of course, now that, that street is kind of busy, it's two-way traffic, there were no cars, no one walking, it was just us on that street. And so, as we finally got the car, we were walking and everything, we were just like, Jesus, Jesus, because we left all of our phones, stuff in the car, we were saying to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And um, a car, finally, they, they stopped, they pulled over, and we were able to call our parents. And, and I'm, I'm just so thankful, I'm just so grateful for the name of Jesus and for his blood because I should not be here today, my sister should not be here today, my brother should not be here today, but because of his blood, because of his greatness, because of his majesty, because of his lordship over our lives, we are here today not just to be here, but to minister the word, to be a witness of him, to live life for him. So I'm just so thankful. I'm so grateful. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm just so grateful for just for, for the Lord and just Him keeping us. Of course, this, this, was, this was a year ago, but there's a son that says, I, I, I will never forget what He's done for me. And I know we all probably have similar testimonies where we just something that, that we just can't shake. We can't shake. So I just encourage you to continue to give God praise. So, Lord, in this moment, Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for bringing us here, Lord, not just to be here, Lord, not, not just to sing songs, Lord, but to live songs, Lord, to live out your praise, to live out your worship, Lord, to live out your call in our life, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you, that you shake up this room, Lord. As you said last night, Lord, that we pray, Lord, that, that a rumbling, that a, that a shaking happens in this place, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that hearts are open, that minds are open, that ears are open, Lord, and ready to receive from you. God, I pray, Lord, that prophecies go out, Lord. I pray, Lord, our callings go out, Lord. I pray, Lord, that 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 your calling, that Lord, 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 that your spirit, Lord, will be released, that your glory will, will be released in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you just lead me, that you guide me, Lord, that you just have your way in this place, that you surpass our understanding and our knowledge. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Before you take your seats, I'm just gonna read Matthew 8. Verses 23 through, through, through 27. I'm sorry, um, production team. I, I, I meant to give y'all this stuff, but I, I, I forgot. But um, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. And speaking of paper Bibles, I, the, I, I probably should have went ahead and did this, but I was actually going to go and get a gift card to a person uh, and give it to a person who had their paper Bible. Probably like the youngest pers per person who had it. But I just, I didn't do it. I should have did it, but... But if you have your Bibles, go ahead and Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. And it says, Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. 
Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the last verse says, So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? You can have your seats. I just want to give honor to God, of course, and also to the, to the pastors of this house, Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Kim. Thank you for this opportunity. To my parents, to, to the elders, uh, everyone else that's in a respectful place, I just give honor to, to, honor to you all. So as I thought of the theme for this week, I began to think of reasons why we see so many believers compromising with the world. It is because we have some issues foundational and heart issues. We love the wrong things and fixate on and follow things and people that seem good at the moment, but really aren't. We became, we became hype men to promote casual Christianity, which is doing whatever we do, whatever, whatever we want to do when we want to. But tonight we are going to dissect the heart of a follower. Now, I was a bio major. It didn't last. I was like, I need to do music education. I just changed to that. But I was a bio major, and uh, um, back in biology and actually in high school, I remember that we dissected a frog. But today, we're going to do some heart work. We're going to dissect the heart and figure out how we can be a true follower of Jesus. Now, the word follow means to copy after, which is imitate, to engage in as a calling or way of life, which is pursuit, to accept as authority, which is obey. To follow is to be a disciple, and to, and to be a disciple is to follow. If you were to take these definitions and put them together, it is safe to conclude that disciples are supposed to imitate, pursue, and obey their leader. Of course, we connect this word to the 12 disciples that were with Jesus. Now, do I have any NBA fans in here? Okay, I got, I got a lot. Now, my, my number one team is the Boston Celtics. <laughs> I know. Listen, I've been with them since the era of Paul Pierce, KG, Ray Allen, Ray John Rondo, and my other team is the Golden State Warriors. I've been rocking with them since all the other fans started back in 2015, okay, when Steph Curry was on the scene, all right? And so because these are my two favorite teams, you may already see that I do not like LeBron James, okay? <laughs> I just don't I – mean, off the court, he's a great man, great father, great husband. But on the court, I just, I can't, I can't fool with him. You know what I'm saying? And so, however, my brother Caleb, he loves LeBron James. <laughs> Not just a little bit, but a lot. See, if you know Caleb, then you know that to him, LeBron is the greatest basketball player of all times. Yes, I know it's crazy. Also, you know, just like every other LeBron fan, whatever team LeBron is on, then that is Caleb's favorite team. He follows LeBron wherever he wants to build a super team. So in all actuality, he is a fan of the team, but a follower of LeBron. There are many, many more people just like Caleb. See, as a fan, he can drop them at any moment, and, and he has no real history with the team. He's just there because LeBron is there. But as a follower... He'll get into an argument about LeBron. He knows his stats. He's disappointed when LeBron team loses. Well, really, when LeBron loses, not when the team loses. But he's disappointed when, when uh, LeBron can do no wrong on the basketball court. Now, Rise 22, we need to check if we are fangirling, fanboying Jesus or if we are truly following him. 
Now, you may think that because you go to church on Sundays to a youth group, Bible study, or because you serve on a team at church, that you are following him. But you are not if you don't follow his lifestyle or actually have a relationship with Jesus. See, you're a fan if you do not have a heart of a follower or disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, in the verses before those that we just read, Jesus was explaining the cost of discipleship. Basically, the heart of his followers. So if we go back to, to Matthew chapter 8, verse 18, it says, And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Now, why did Jesus want to depart to the other side? I know it's some, it's some people nowadays who want to be around a the crowd. They just got to be seen. But Jesus was so humble. He, 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 want, he wanted to forsake the, the, forsake the crowd in order to weed out the real ones who are really there for him and not just there because they heard about him. So, so yeah, he, he, depart, he, he decided to depart to the other side. The crowd was there. He had people who were already ready to listen and see what he would do next. It was because he knew that the fans would stay on this side, but the real followers would follow him wherever he went, no matter the distance. See, there was a majority just there because they saw a crowd, because they heard of him and wanted to see. Now, I know, listen, I I didn't been in school my whole life. I know when we see a fight at school, we run to it. But guess what? I didn't, though. But we run to it. I can remember I went to to the Boca Siega High School where my principal was uh, Michael Vigu. And it was just one year. We had a full brawl during lunch. It was a food fight. Fights was breaking out everywhere. I don't know what was going on. I was just trying to eat lunch with my friends. They were just going crazy. Actually, no. I wasn't eating lunch. I was actually in a Christian club at school, so I missed it all. That was a good thing. But what I'm saying is, if you were to go back to look on Snapchat, you will see that there were kids running back and forth to see the fights. And that's basically what this crowd was there for. They weren't there because they wanted to see Jesus or they really wanted to receive him. They, wanted to, they were there because the crowd was there, because people, people were talking about him. Yes, to spectate. And so if you go back to verse 19, it says, Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. This brings me to my first revelation of a follower or or disciple's heart. They got to be all in. A disciple has to be all in. See, these two men were not just talking about following him in the crowd, but they were talking about coming into a close relationship with Jesus. There were many back then and today who are afraid of true discipleship or closeness with Jesus. See, the first man was a scribe, meaning he was a teacher of religious law. He was quick to say that he would follow Jesus. He offered to follow Jesus without even him sparking the decision, without Jesus even saying anything. See, looking at the appearance, there could have been no better offer, but he who created man knew what manner of man this was. See, Jesus answered and said that I don't have a house. I have nowhere to sleep. Are you okay with that? 
Can you really endure the rough environments that we may encounter? He was letting him know that there may be seasons that look pretty, but there will also be seasons that aren't. This man's heart was not in the right place. He saw the works of Jesus, and he just wanted to say that, say that he was a part of it. That is why he did not follow through with his decision. And then the second man, which the second man was actually one of Jesus' disciples, he said he had a hesitation to truly follow Jesus. He wanted to bury his father first, and Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. And when I read this, I was confused because this man's father died. And he, was, he just wanted to pay respects to him. But I took time to study, and I read that this burial could have, been, could have taken days, or his father was, was not dead yet. He was just saying that he was close to it. And let me just pause right here and say that when you don't understand something in the Bible, take time to study it. Read different translations. It's very important. I know, I know it's just y'all just kind of just sitting here. Y'all, y'all may be listening, but I'm, listen to really, to really what I'm telling you. When you read the Bible, there will be some stuff that you do not understand, okay? You have to take time, find some commentaries, read, read a different translation, make sure you break it down and ask the Lord to reveal it to you. Because if you never do that, you'll just be reading, you'll just be reading words on a paper, and it will never be really internally inside of you. So Jesus could have said, Jesus could have said, let the dead bury the dead because he knew that, that this would delay time and this disciple would end up not coming to following him. He did not have the zeal that he, he should have had for this work with Jesus. See, Jesus said, let those that are spiritually dead bury the dead. Not saying that what this disciple asked to do was wrong, but sometimes you got to leave your family or a comfortable place when Jesus wants you. See, one man was too quick and the other was too hesitant to follow Jesus. He, Jesus ultimately was telling these two men that they got to be all in. See, consider the cost and decide timely because this decision is too important. Leave everything behind you. Come with the right heart and follow me. Not tomorrow or next week, but now. Your decision to be all in would outweigh the cost of discipleship. Your decision to be all in will outweigh the cost of discipleship. If your neighbor not paying attention, tell them to look up. This is Youth and Young Adult uh, Revival. Listen, I, I'm, I'm only 22. I know how I used to be in, in revivals, you know what I'm saying? Like, it used to, used to just, just be here to listen. But listen, I'm really telling you something that's very important. Because the devil's not playing with y'all. The devil wants y'all. But guess what? There's a greater power that lives on the inside of you that will kill the ancient man, as we said last night. So listen, listen. Your decision to be all in will, cost, will, will outweigh the cost of discipleship. What I, say, what I mean when I say that is that you'll be so all in to Jesus, just so fixated on him, that, that your friends leaving you, you wouldn't even see. Your, 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 your favorite articles of clothing that you wear that may not be holy, you'll throw them away not even knowing about it. So I guess the question is, how can you be all in? When Jesus says go or follow him, you better do it. 
You don't have to clean yourself up before you come to him. He wants to do that, so let him. You don't have to get closure with things of this world. He got closure for you on the cross. You don't have to be a certain age to follow him. You can have a relationship with him now at 10 years old, 12 years old, 5, 4, 16, 15. Doesn't matter the age. If he calls you, you better answer that phone. Being all in means that the things of this world does not phase you anymore because you are rooted in him. In Colossians uh, chapter 2, I think verses 5, 6, 7 talks about being rooted and grounded, grounded in Jesus. And that's because that there were false preachers and false teachers trying to get them their knowledge of Christ. And so Paul was saying, be rooted in Christ. Get a foundation in Christ because they're going to come. And in this world, they are coming now. Why do we have a song from Beyonce that says church girl? Why do we have that? Talking about you can live both lives. No, you can't. You can't live both lives. You need to choose. You have left your old lifestyle and have allowed him to transform you, not just last night, but daily. Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you get, re- how do you, how are you renewed by, in your mind? By the Holy Spirit. If God does not have all of you, then he has none of you. If God does not have all of you, then he has, and it means you coming to church is a waste of your time if you don't give him all of you. I'm just being real with y'all. If you come into church and you don't, and God does not have all of you, you wasting your time. Call your friends and just go out somewhere else with them, okay, because you're going to waste your time. He has to have all of you, not just 10%. 90%, 100%. Oh, son, that says 99 and a half just won't do. It won't do. It won't do. 100%. Because guess what? If he doesn't have all of you, guess who does have you? The devil. The devil has all of you if he doesn't have all of you. Now, what does it mean when you, when you leave your old lifestyle? That means that the things you used to say, those bad words, those things that, that you used to do with your friends or with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you don't do anymore. The things, the things that you used to wear, the, things that, the people that you used to watch on TikTok. I got a second grader in, in right now in summer camp who, who watches Addison Rae on TikTok. Addison Rae just came out with some uh, some 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 uh some swim clothes with Jesus article like Jesus scripture and stuff on there. Why though? And of course the 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 the, the bathing suits are revealing. So why do we need Jesus scriptures on those bathing suits? And why is a second grader watching her? But guess what? They watch her because y'all make them famous. Y'all glorify them so much that the younger kids are jumping on board. They, they want to be just like y'all. One thing I got by my sister is that I realized at a young age that my sister looks up to me. Yeah. Meaning how I live, she will live. 
what I do, she will do. So if she sees me doing wrong, she will as well. That's why I make sure that I'm the best big sister ever. It's time to leave the old lifestyle alone. Now, in Matthew 4, when Jesus called his first disciples, they immediately left their nets, because they were fishermen. They left their nets, got out of their boats, left their fathers, and followed him. They immediately, they didn't know who Jesus was. Immediately they left the nets. The same for you. You need to immediately leave your old lifestyle. Immediately leave that boyfriend or that girlfriend. Immediately. So after Jesus had this encounter with these two men, he got into the boat with his disciples. And verse 24 tells us that suddenly a great storm came and the boat was covered with the waves. While the water was crashing into and onto the boat, Jesus was asleep. Three things I want to point out is Jesus literally just finished talking about the cost of following him and not having a preferable place to lay his head. And now he is sleeping on a boat in the midst of a storm. Point two is that he knew there would be a storm, but he still went that way. Point three is that Jesus wasn't just sleeping, but he was resting with a clear conscience, holy security. Holy security. Some of us haven't had a holy security sleep in a long time. I wonder why. However, in, verse, in verses 25 to 27, it says, it says, Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, Jesus was sleeping peacefully like me when I sleep through all three of my alarms. But, of course, his disciples came to wake him up because they were afraid. Jesus' sleep tested the faith of the disciples. It, it asked them, would they still trust Jesus when it seemed like he was neglecting them? I mean, can you imagine being on the boat? Now, like I said, the waves are crashing onto the boat. Now, this wasn't no, no Noah's Ark or no yacht that we got nowadays. This was a fisherman's boat. It was probably small, okay? But just imagine, it was a great storm with waves crashing in. One miracle was that they, they, that they didn't drown. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but they, they didn't drown with the waves crashing in. But you on a boat, Jesus is asleep. What do you, what do you want to do? What, what do you do? Matthew Henry said, which one of the commentaries that I read, he said, Jesus slept not so with a desire to be refreshed as with a desire to be awakened. Turn to someone next to you and say, followers don't play cheap. Come on, turn to the next person and say, followers don't play cheap. These men were, of course, used to the sea because they were fishermen, but they were still frightened. Their fear drove them to the one person they hoped could save them, which was If you were bought with the price, why are you playing cheap? Not just any price, but the precious blood of Jesus. 
The blood that never loses its power. Why are you letting anything and everything invade the home of the Holy Spirit? It's making you cheap and causing you to forget who you are or the power that resides within you. That's why battling with your identity or having a hard time accepting Jesus, that's why you can't find good friends. That's why you stay with your boyfriend while he cheats on you repeatedly and while your girlfriend is a familiar friend on the football and basketball team. You're playing cheap, but that's not what God called you to. See, when the disciples woke Jesus from his sleep, Jesus said to them, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? He got up and rebuked the winds and calmed the sea. Jesus basically told them to chill out and know who you got with you. It's a son that says, who you with? Jesus, the same power that calmed their fears also calmed the sea. See, the disciples' amazement stemmed from the familiarness of the sea and never seen a storm calmed like this one. This set Jesus Christ apart from anyone else, and this showed the disciples that he can make the winds and see obey him because he truly created them. We just read about this same power that lives on the inside of us. We have the power to tell our flesh to shut up and do what God wants us to do. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2, the Amplified Classic Version says, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to, clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patience, endurance, and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. And in verse 2 says, looking away from all that will distract you to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first initi initiative for our belief, and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame and is not seated at the right, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's your God. That's your Jesus on the right hand of the throne of Father. This scripture tells us that sin cleverly and easily entangles us. As we said last night, sin puts us in a delusion. But it is possible to live holy and suppress our flesh. When I just... I just Got to go back to this. The first verse, this is always messes me up, is that let us strip off and throw aside every encum encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly, which so readily clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Meaning that it is possible to live holy even though sin may readily come in and try to get you. It is possible. The world does not want you to know that it's possible to live for Christ. But it is. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. But it's possible to do it. Strive. 
And you do this by looking towards Jesus and following him. You look towards Jesus, who is our all in all, the image of the invisible God, preeminent, seated at the right hand of God, our life, head of the body, and your deliverer. See, Jesus allowed them to go through this storm so that he could see that they were tried and tested to be true. He wanted to see if they were ready to follow and not turn back. They also had to see Jesus for who he really was. Before this happened, the disciples were still learning and figuring out who this man Jesus really was. They had not yet been released to really go out and evangelize until they first learned about him. Now, if you go over to Matthew chapter 10, verses 1, and we're going to do 7, 7, 7 through 8, New King James Version. The first verse just says, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of, dis- of sickness and all kinds of disease. And then if you go down to verse 7 and 8, it says, And you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely, freely you have received, freely you give. My last point for tonight is in their heart, a follower of Jesus must be ready for power. In their heart, a follower of Jesus must be ready for power. Jesus could not send the disciples out right away because they did not fully know the mission of their leader. And along with knowing the mission, they had to learn how to combat those that would try to stop them and get over those that would reject them. While the power was working through them for other people, the power was also working on the inside of them, making them more like Christ, giving them the strength to endure, giving them wisdom, leading, leading them to truths, helping them to live what they were preaching. At the time, this power was exclusively given to them. But I have some good news for you tonight. <laughs> Before Jesus died and rose again, he told his disciples that it was to their advantage that he went away because if he did not go, the helper would not come. That's John 16, 7. The helper is this power that I have been speaking of. But not only did Jesus say that, he fulfilled the promise. On the day of the Pentecost in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit came in the upper room and all those who were anticipating his coming were filled and began to speak in other tongues. Jesus told them that this would happen not just because his death, but he clearly gave them instructions in Acts 1. After he arose from the dead, but just before he ascended to heaven, and said, wait in Jerusalem, because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power, and you shall be witnesses to me. Not just in one place, but all over the world. How can you be a witness through your life. We talked about the heart of a follower. You're a witness through your, through your heart. If you're follow, really following Jesus, you're all in. Nobody has to second guess you. Nobody has to call you a hypocrite. That's, that's the problem. That's what people always say about they don't go to church now that Christians, Christians are hypocrites. How about you start a new generation? You be for real. You, you be true about it. That, that's how we change it. That's how we change the world is when we, when we become for real about Jesus and also how we don't play cheap. You can't let any and everything in your body. 
You can't let any of everything latch on to you. You got to know who you got on the inside of you and who's really rocking with you. That means friends, boyfriend, girlfriends, family. And the Bible says that if, if your mom and daddy, they're not following Jesus, don't really just leave them, but, but, but leave them. You can't do what they're doing. But, but you have to learn how to stand up in your household and say, as for me and my household, that's what I, I'm, in, I'm in college right now at school. I say, I don't know what kind of spiritual, I go to Christian school, but still you got spirits all around. I don't know what kind of spiritual I got, but for as me in this dorm room, we going to serve. I was in anointing. They don't know what anointing oil, oil is, but I was in anointing them with the oil. I had my Bible in all in there praying and everything because I ain't playing around. I had one little uh, incident where I thought a demon was trying to latch on me in my sleep, but I guess what I did. I went and I prayed in that room, saturated that place, and also I told them to to pray. Because this stuff is for real. This stuff is real, but guess what? I'm reminded of Romans 5 that says, where sin is great, grace is greater. And I just take that and I just, and I just remember that even though that these demons are real, I, saw, I serve a, even a, a realer God. That may not be the right way, but I serve, I serve an even better God, even greater God. So, yeah, and, and on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit came and they were in the upper room. And they, were, they, were, they, were, they received because they were anticipating, his, anticipating the Holy Spirit to come. They were, they were there for, for 50 days waiting in Jerusalem. Waiting for the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? One thing that I'm realizing is that we keep saying all this, like, Holy Spirit and, and praise and worship, but I'm realizing I'm discipling this one 12-year-old. They don't really know what that is. They don't really know who the Holy Spirit is. Guess what? He's a part of Trinity. He's who Jesus left on earth for us to empower us. To empower us. So we have the same access to the Holy Spirit. After hearing last night's message and this message, you don't have to worry about not being able to sustain this Christian lifestyle or keeping the heart of a follower. The Holy Spirit was given because we can't do it on our own. Because our nature is corrupt. We were born into sin. Our nature by itself is corrupt. We can't do it. But guess what? Jesus loved us so much that he only just didn't die. He only just didn't rise again with power. But guess what? He left his spirit for us to give us power to evangelize. I mean, he knew that it was going to be hard. He knew that, that, that the world will reject us. He knew it. But he gave you his power to endure to the end. And we're all standing on our feet. And like we did last night, I just need all the youth, young adults to come down here. Because last night we got cleaned up of some things. And today I, I feel like.